Welcome in again to another edition of the Week in Review. I'm Skyler Sig Daddy Sigmund, and I hope you all have enjoyed your week. Man, this was an eventful week for professional wrestling, to say the least. On this week's edition of the show, I'll be talking about Tessa Blanchard's current status while also talking about the big, 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 ginormous debut of Sting on AEW Dynamite. Man, man, it was a good week for professional wrestling. A fun week for sure. But before I get into those little news bits, I want to talk a little bit about what I watched this week on uh, AEW Dynamite, Raw, and SmackDown. So, I thought, this is a, these are my thoughts. These are my thoughts. Um, AEW, definitely a solid battle royal. Miro looked like a beast in the, uh, the battle royal for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, setting up a match for next week, which will be Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Orange Cassidy. I thought this was a very well laid out battle royal. Uh, Miro, this is the best he's looked since he showed up on AEW, and it's teasing more of the dissension between the Inner Circle members and MJF and Sammy Guevara and Cassidy and MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Should be a heck of a lot of fun next week. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, they had a little bit of a brawl post-match after Britt won over Layla Hirsch with the lockjaw. I honestly think that's the best women's feud going on in AEW right now. That's, and, that, and I find a little bit of a problem with that because... AEW's it should be centered around the women's championship, but I'm okay with this as long as the women's division is getting more exposure. But I'm fine. Thunder, Ro- Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker is going to be really cool. And I'll get into more of this later. Sting's debut. Cool as hell. Awesome moment. I'll talk about more. talk more about that later on. Uh, Jericho and Kazarian, they had a pretty decent match, which kind of brought stuff up really quickly. It brought something up really, really quickly um, that the inner circle possibly will be breaking up. He kind of declared something that if we don't fix this crap by next week, the inner circle is over. Uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley in the main event. I'll actually get into more about Kenny Omega and what happened after the match following... Uh, this kind of a look back at this week's shows. But uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, they had a heck of a main event. And uh, I liked that they teased the garbage wrestling that Mox was going to do. But Kenny ended up being the one that resorted to the garbage wrestling. And uh, Mox knocking down Callus at the end. Getting Kenny with the mic. Getting Kenny the mic. And Kenny using it on Mox and then hitting about 300 V triggers. <laughs> V triggers, and then hitting the one-winged angel to win, and then Omega and Callus scurrying away, celebrating their win, and then Callus talking to Marvez, saying to tune in this Tuesday to find out about their actions at uh, this Winter is Coming Dynamite. And Kenny Omega is your new AEW World Champion, and I really love the post-match. I really loved the post-match. I know that people are going to complain a little bit about the screwy finish, but I liked it. I liked that. And uh, and supposedly, so when we did this 
when this match happened, it was a after well after what happened at the end with the Omega Callus running off and Callus saying to tune in Tuesday. Well, it's Impact Wrestling on Tuesday, so Kenny Omega is going to be on the show on Tuesday. It's confirmed. They tweeted out I think a day or so ago or last night. This is being recorded on Sunday, by the way. But uh, this could be an interesting partnership. It could be a partnership between AEW and Impact Wrestling, and I am all for that. I am all, all for it, because working together could be beneficial to both parties. This, right now, could be beneficial to Impact Wrestling getting a big star and Kenny Omega on their show. I don't know how this will impact no pun intended, AEW moving forward, but it should be interesting. It should be an interesting uh, bit here coming up. Maybe it's maybe it's a one-off, which it's being reported as, but uh, honestly, I thought AEW was a great episode. AEW Dynamite Winter is Coming was a fantastic episode of wrestling. Raw earlier in the week, uh, I got to see a little bit of it, and I wasn't really uh, all that excited about it. I'm really not digging the Oscar Lana dynamic at all or pairing as a team. It's just, oh, Lana's just lucking out every single time. Ooh. Literally this week it was Oscar hitting a shining wizard on Baszler for Lana to pin her. And I don't know. It just it's not interesting me at all. Oscar shouldn't be saddled with this. She should be having some kind of feud for her Raw Women's Championship instead of this. Just saying. And then the Hurt Business stuff, I'm fine with. with working a, As they continue to work with New Day, I'm fine with it, even though it's kind of past the point. They should be done with this rivalry already. Um, Riddle, man, he continues to impress me. Matt Riddle continues to press me, impress me every week and entertain me every single week just by his reactions to stuff. And this is like... And the thing is with this, his dialogue he's getting from... The writers is absolutely terrible. It is absolutely terrible, but he's still somehow making it work. I don't know how, but it has me grinning or laughing every single time he does something. But yeah, Riddle's been a highlight of the show the past few weeks. And then AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre, after the triple threat, it's going to be good. McIntyre, AJ Styles, I don't know if they're going to have it at TLC. Hopefully it is. Should be good. And then we saw Retribution on that show, the Reckoning character, which her mask fell off. We found, oh, it's Mia Yim. I didn't know that. But no, it was kind of a joke. They had her lose to Dana Brooke pretty quickly. And I don't know what they're doing with Retribution at all. I really don't. What, what, what's the point of all this? What is the point of all this? Because literally, week after week, they look like a, a, a complete joke. I don't understand what the end game is with this. And it doesn't really have me intrigued when they're just getting beat every single week. Looking like jobbers. I don't know. Raw? Yeah, I don't know. But on, on the other hand, SmackDown, still a really good show. SmackDown, pretty good show. I'll say that. In comparison to Raw, I'm saying. In comparison to Raw, SmackDown is head and shoulders above this. Head and, head and shoulders above Raw. Because... And it's in big part due to Roman Reigns and Jey Uso carrying the show every week. Roman Reigns' heel character is so great. He's such a fantastic asshole. Just a fantastic asshole. 
And uh, the KO Roman Reigns match that's going to happen at TLC, that's going to be really, really good. And then, even though I don't watch SmackDown that often, but I was, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty dang good compared to Raw. And then we saw Forgotten Sons, Blake and Cutler as Cor- Corbin's cronies. I have no desire in seeing a Corbin Murphy feud, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. At least they're giving them something to do while Riker's probably going bye-bye. And then uh, Bailey, I have no idea what they're doing with them, but the opening and closing show, closing segments of this show were really good with Roman and then Jay beating the living crap out of KO at the end of the show. But uh, I have no idea what they're doing with Bailey. Actually, Roman beat the crap out of Jay at the end of the show too, I think, if I remember correct. Yes, I am correct. Yep, I remembered that right. Yeah, Jay Uso getting the living crap beat out of him by Roman. And, man, he's so good. He is so good. But I, I also have no idea what WWE is doing with Bayley. She's been in a complete tailspin in the last month and a half or so. She lost her SmackDown Women's Championship. She was eliminated first at Survivor Series on Team SmackDown. Then this week, she taps out to Natty in under five minutes. And this is supposed to lead to a Bianca Belair-Bailey matchup, which should be pretty good. It should be pretty good. But the way they're building it up is Bailey is a complete loser. She is completely... She's in a tailspin, complete tailspin, when she taps out to Natty in five minutes. And I don't really think this is a smart way to build up a feud with Bianca, who's an up-and-comer. As Bailey's falling down the card, they need to give Bailey. Well, not that, but if Bailey is going to fall down the card a little bit, but not do this complete tailspin, she's lost to Sasha, then Peyton Royce, and then Natalia recently. And that doesn't look good as building up Bianca, really. If if you want to keep if you want to make Bianca look strong, is have Bailey continue to win matches here and then have Bianca beat her. But I don't know if this is I'm just speculating here, but I feel like Bailey could be going away for a little bit after this. If Bian- if if this feud culminates at tables, ladders, and chairs with Bianca versus Bailey, I'm assuming if Bianca wins, Bailey's going away for a little bit. That's just my take on it. That's just my personal take on it. But uh, those are my thoughts on uh, this week's Wrestling Raw SmackDown and AEW Dynamite. This coming Friday, probably won't be able to watch SmackDown, so this week I'll probably be watching just Raw and AEW Dynamite. But, yep. But let's get into the first bit of news. So, AEW Dynamite. The big, big talk was Sting. Sting showing up. Winter is coming. And he looked at multiple different people as he walked into the ring. This was freaking amazing. This was amazing. It had me buzzing. It had the whole internet buzzing. Well, once the merch dropped on shopaew.com, holy crap. It exploded. It was the highest selling shirt In 24 hours. So in 24 hours, they sold more Sting shirts than any other shirt in Shop AEW or ProWrestlingTees.com's 
history. That is nuts. And the, when they sent out that thing, it wasn't even 24 hours. It hadn't even been 24 hours yet. But man, Sting does bring a bit of star power to AEW. And what he did, he didn't do hardly anything. He didn't do hardly anything. He just went to the ring, stared down Arn Anderson, stared down Cody, stared down Dustin Rhodes, and then stared down Darby Allen. That's all he did. But we got people here speculating that Sting, oh, he's going to be wrestling. He shouldn't be wrestling at 61 years old. Hear me out. Hear me out on this. Sting might be wrestling. Might. Keyword might. We'll see what happens. But people have a tendency here, and I, 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 I'm guilty of it at times, to have knee-jerk reactions to things. Everyone's freaking out. It's like, whoa, Sting Prime, they brought back a 61-year-old old man. He shouldn't be wrestling. You know what? Let's just wait this out. Let's just see what exactly happens with Sting coming up here in the coming weeks on AEW. He's going to be speaking next week. Maybe we find out a little bit more about what he's doing. But the only thing for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. So we'll see what happens. But it was reported, well, via... Wrestle Talks, Lewis Dangor, that Sting was reportedly unhappy with how WWE treated him. It makes sense. It makes sense why Sting jumped ship. He didn't really jump ship, but once his contract ended with WWE, he went over to AEW. He came home to TNT. It was such a cool moment. 21, what, 20 years almost since he's last seen on TNT. He came home. It's past, present, future. That, what he did on in the ring left so many options for what's going to happen here in the future with Sting. But people getting mad about this and freaking out is just overblown. But th- back to my point with the unhappy with how WWE treated him, I think it's kind of makes sense with how he was treated. Because really, after he got hurt, so let's just go back to the initial debut at Survivor Series 2014. Sting was hot. He hit that. He got the big debut during the Survivor Series tag match, hitting the Scorpion Death drop on Triple H. While that was a great debut, it didn't, it shouldn't have been done that way, in my opinion. It shouldn't have been done. While it was fantastic, it had the whole freaking place buzzing, but the person he needed to address most was The Undertaker. That's the feud you should have went to immediately with Sting. Back when he was in WWE. That's what you should have done immediately with Sting. Because, you know what? He doesn't have a whole lot of matches left in him. He didn't have a whole lot of matches left in him then. You gotta go to the Undertaker feud. That's what people have been wanting for years. But we got a Triple H match at WrestleMania 31. Which was perfectly fine and entertaining as it was. But the money match for that show would have been Sting Undertaker. And it was reported that Sting wanted a cinematic match with The Undertaker. And Vince was not keen on the idea. Vince was not keen on the idea. And this is 
According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Ver, uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, H.T. H. Jenkins of Ringside News, Sting wanted to have a cinematic match against The Undertaker, but it didn't appeal to Chairman Vince McMahon. And that's why it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So that's what they should have done. They should have went straight to The Undertaker match back in 2015. That was the problem. While you... And then... Later on, after the WrestleMania 31 match at Night of Champions, Sting ended up getting a neck injury and ultimately ended his career. That's what WWE should have done with him initially. But with this, it leaves the doors open. With Sting showing up on AEW Dynamite, it opens up the doors for so many different things. And while it's not likely that Sting is going to be involved physically in a match... Uh, Dave Meltzer said this on Wrestling Observer Radio. He that he won't probably be taking any bumps in AEW, and and that if he's gonna do anything, possibly that it's gonna be very precautionary. They're gonna take all the precautions for it to uh, prevent such uh, an injury, like another neck injury, from happening. But you know what? Let's see what AEW does with Sting and hold our breath and wait. But this was just a cool moment. I've watched the watched the uh, debut of Sting multiple times. Had me buzzing. Very, very cool moment. But it leaves a lot of doors open as he just stared down every single guy in the ring with Arn, Taz, not Taz, but Arn, Cody, Dustin, and Darby Allen. It was a freaking cool moment. And it was a coming home moment. And hearing Tony Schiavone say, It's Sting! Was pretty freaking dope. It was freaking dope. In other news, according to Dave Meltzer, on a recent report from figure4wrestlingonline.com, both AEW and uh, WWE are interested in signing Tessa Blanchard. I've talked about this before. I'm not sure if I remember what my opinion was on it before, but either company can sign her, but are we? St- they're still leery on the issues that she had, the backstage issues, the character issues that she had. And we'll see what happens with her. She'd be a good addition to either roster. I don't know if this is the right time yet. I don't know if enough time has passed. She's gotten herself fixed, or, well, not fixed, but gotten herself, had uh, fixed herself. I don't know what's how to say fixed herself better, but she's improved herself. Improved herself, and she's still living in Mexico currently, and uh, she could, it's likely that she'll surface again, supposedly, once this pandemic goes away or dies down and such, but WWE, AEW, not sure which company is more likely to sign her, but I don't know if enough time has passed for this, but either company would be benefit would benefit from signing her. Gives them real star power, but it, hopefully she's worked on her personal issues. That's the better way to say it. And we'll see what happens with her moving forward. And they showed on a Twitter that, well, I saw some photos that Wentz and uh, Desmond Xavier are both in the WWE Performance Center 
along with Alex Zane. Those per, those those were some of the signings for WWE. And the missing one of the Rascals, Trey Miguel, has not. Uh, he's not with WWE, so he didn't take a deal with them. So that should be interesting, also, because I saw some of those photos surface with Wentz, Xavier, and then also. Alex Zane, who is an incredible high flyer on the, who was an incredible in, in, uh, independent wrestler, high flyer on the indie circuits. He was in New Japan also, wrestled for them a little bit. GCW saw him on there. I didn't. Well, I haven't gotten to see any Alex Zane matches really, but man, he's. I've seen some of his highlights. He's impressive. He is impressive. The Rascals, very good tag team. We'll see what WWE does to them. Hopefully, they don't repackage them too much. But we'll see what they do with all three of these characters moving forward. But it's going to be interesting. This is a great week for wrestling. This was a great week. Great, great week. Sting's debut. Leave so many things open. AEW destroyed NXT in the ratings this week. It was 913000 for AEW to NXT's 658,000. So that was almost 200. It was over, it was nearly 250,000 almost. Actually, it was probably over 250,000. I'm not great with math, but 913 minus 658. Uh, 255,000 viewers. 255,000 more viewers. And that's the crazy thing is, that was on NXT TakeOver's Go Home Show. And not that I'm cheering for anybody to beat each other in the ratings. I don't like to do that. But but it AEW did put on a really good show. Well, it was promoted as one of their biggest shows ever, if not their biggest, with Kenny Omega and John Moxley main eventing. People are going to say, oh, it was because the Sting showed up. No, it was not exactly because Sting wasn't even advertised on the show. So if you don't know... That people probably tuned in after that to maybe watch the Moxley Omega main event, maybe try to catch a replay of the Sting debut, but you didn't really see it. You didn't really see. You didn't really see the Sting thing coming. People, there was speculation with Sting coming in to this uh, week, not week, but the past month that he was going to sign with AEW, but he showed up this week unadvertised. So the ratings don't reflect that necessarily. It maybe reflects what happened after that. Because we'll see, we'll get a better grasp on this AEW-NXT rivalry, as they call it, or the Wednesday Night Wars, next week when Sting actually does talk. We'll see what happens. Maybe it reels in the older audience a little bit more. That's a, that's a possibility that Sting could draw an older audience. We'll see how that, of how Sting's arrival affects AEW. Seems like he's going to be a fixture on the show. I think they should keep him on and off the show. Not like, he, he, when he shows up, it needs to be special. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But Sting has signed a full-time deal with AEW multiple, multiple years. And wrestling just got a whole lot more interesting. I'll say that. But coming up, well, today, it's Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday, so it's going to be NXT TakeOver Wall Games. And 
Should be fun show. Got the War Games match between K Team Candice and Team uh, Shotzi Blackheart. We also got the Undisputed Era taking on Pat McAfee's team, Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, and also Pete Dunne. So this is going to be a good show. Also on the card is Leon Ruff defending his NXT North American Championship against both Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. We got Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes in a strap match. And then Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa in a just a regular match. So this is a, only a five-match card. I like the NXT TakeOver cards. Less is more typically with them. So this should be a fun show. And it should be a good show. The War Games matches are always... They're pretty much guaranteed to be good every single time. And I don't think it's going to be any different with this show coming up tonight. NXT TakeOver War Games. Be ready for that review on uh, Monday sometime, probably later in the day. I'll have that up for you on Podbean, Spotify, and the such. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Week in Review if you like the show and want to listen to other episodes of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, make sure to super kick that subscribe button on either Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you like the show, make sure to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Also, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Sig Daddy Wrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. That's going to do it for me. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, that is, signing off. Thanks for listening and so long, everybody.